This is Optimal Living Daily Relationships, Episode 139, Understanding Human Relationships, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Welcome, Relationship Optimizers. I'm Joss Marie, your host and personal narrator, right here on the Relationships Edition of Optimal Living Daily. This is your one-stop podcast for all things relationships, where I narrate blog posts about dating, breakups, parenting, marriage, and much more every Monday through Friday. And you can guarantee it's always with permission from the authors. And for those of you who may not know, Justin Mullick is not only the creator and producer of this show, but he's also the host of Optimal Living Daily, which is one of the other shows in our podcast network. Over on that show, Justin covers content about personal development, minimalism, Zen habits, and more. Our network also includes Optimal Finance Daily, Optimal Health Daily, and Optimal Living Daily Business and Startups, which focuses on entrepreneurship and is actually hosted in part by my wonderful husband, Lee. If you'd like to check out any of our other shows and hear even more blog posts being narrated to you for free, Simply search for Optimal Living Daily from wherever you're listening to this show or come by oldpodcast.com slash listen. And with that, let's hear today's post about understanding human relationships by Steve Pavlina and start optimizing your life. Understanding Human Relationships by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com One of the most important relationship lessons I learned was this. The relationships we have with other people are projections of the relationships we have within ourselves. Our external relationships and our internal relationships are in fact the same relationships. They only seem different because we look at them through different lenses. Let's consider why this is true. Where do all your relationships exist? They exist in your thoughts. Your relationship with another person is whatever you imagine it to be. Whether you love someone or hate someone, you're right. Now, the other person may have a completely different relationship to you, but understand that your representation of what someone else thinks of you is also part of your thoughts. So, your relationship with someone includes what you think of that person and what you believe she or he thinks of you. You can complicate it further by imagining what the other person thinks you think of him or her. But ultimately, those internal representations are all you have. Even if your relationships exist in some objective reality independent of your thoughts, you never have access to the objective viewpoint. You're always viewing your relationships through the lens of your own consciousness. The closest you can get to being objective is to imagine being objective but that is in no way the same thing as true objectivity. That's because the act of observation requires a conscious observer, which is subjective by its very nature. At first, it might seem troublesome that you can never hope to gain a truly accurate 100% objective understanding of your relationships. You can never escape the subjective lens of your own consciousness. That would be like trying to find the color blue with a red lens permanently taped over your eyes. That doesn't stop people from trying, but such attempts are in vain. 
If you fall into the trap of trying to think of your relationships as objective entities that are external to you, you'll be using an inescapably inaccurate model of reality. Consequently, the likely outcome is that you'll frustrate yourself to no end when it comes to human relationships. You'll make relating to other people a lot harder than it needs to be. Intuitively, you may know something is off in your approach to relationships, but you'll remain stuck until you realize that every relationship you have with another person is really a relationship that exists entirely within yourself. Fortunately, once you embrace the subjective nature of relationships, you'll have a much easier time relating to people. It's easier to get where you want to go when you have an accurate map. The subjective view of relationships implies that you can change or improve your relationships with others by working on the internal relationships within yourself. Furthermore, you can improve your internal relationships, such as your self-esteem, by working on your relationships with others. Ultimately, it's all the same thing. Here's a basic example of how this works. When I first met Erin, I quickly noticed she had an aversion towards orderliness. Having a messy room was a habit since childhood, and being organized was a concept forever alien to her. In Erin's filing cabinet, I once found a file labeled, Stuff I Don't Need. Chew on that for a while. On the other hand, I grew up in a house that was always, and I do mean always, neat and tidy. Even as a child, I took pride in keeping my room clean and well-organized. So, it probably comes as no surprise that I often push Aaron to be neater and more organized. If we try to look at this situation objectively, you might suggest solutions like me working on becoming more tolerant of disorder, Aaron working on being neater, or a mixture of both. Or you might conclude we're incompatible in this area and that we should try to find ways to reduce the level of conflict. Basically, the solution will be some kind of compromise that seeks to mitigate the symptoms, but the core issue remains unresolved. Let's see what the subjective lens has to say now. This model says that my relationship with Aaron is purely within my own consciousness. So my conflict with Aaron is just the projection of an internal conflict. Supposedly, my desire for Aaron to be neater and more organized means that I really want to improve in this area myself. Is that true? Yes, I have to admit that it is. When I criticize Aaron for not being neat enough, I'm voicing my own desire to become even more organized. This is an entirely different definition of the problem, one that suggests a new solution. In this case, the solution is for me to work on improving my own standards for neatness and order. That's a very different solution than what we get with the objective model. To implement this solution, Aaron needn't even be involved. From the standpoint of the objective model, this subjective solution seems rather foolish. If anything, it will only backfire. Wouldn't my working on becoming neater just increase the conflict between me and Aaron? Now, here's the really fascinating part. When I actually tried this objective solution by going to work on myself, Erin suddenly began taking a keen interest in becoming more organized herself. She bought new home office furniture and assigned new homes to objects that were previously cluttering her workspace. She hired a cleaning service to clean the house and did more decluttering before they came over. 
She bought new bedroom furniture for our children. She did a lot of purging and donated many old items to charity. She began looking for a housekeeper and wrote up a list of cleaning tasks to be outsourced. And I really wasn't pushing her to do this. If anything, she started pushing me a bit. Somehow, when I worked on myself, recognizing that this is an internal issue, not an external one, Aaron came along for the ride. I've tested this pattern in other ways, and it continues to play out. My external relationships keep changing to keep pace with my internal relationships. I've seen this effect with other people too, but it's been most obvious with Aaron and my kids, since they're the people I spend the most time with. It's rather spooky at times how strong and immediate the effect is. However, the subjective model suggests that this is exactly how reality works, so I'm glad to have a paradigm that fits the results. I encourage you to experiment to see how your external relationships reflect your internal ones. Try this simple exercise. Make a list of all the things that bother you about other people. Now, reread that list as if it applies to you. If you're honest, you'll have to admit that all of your complaints about others are really complaints about yourself. For example, if you dislike George Bush because you think he's a poor leader, could this be because your own leadership skills are subpar? Then go to work on your own leadership skills or work on becoming more accepting of your current skill level and notice how George Bush suddenly seems to be making dramatic improvements in this area. It can be hard to admit that your complaints about others are really complaints about yourself, but the upside is that your relationship issues reveal where you still need to grow. Consequently, a fantastic way to accelerate your personal growth is to build relationships with others. The more you interact with others, the more you learn about yourself. I believe the true value of human relationships is that they serve as pointers to unconditional love. According to the subjective model, when you forgive, accept, and love all parts of yourself, you will forgive, accept, and love all other human beings as they are. The more you improve your internal relationships between your thoughts, beliefs, and intentions, the more loving and harmonious your human relationships will become. Hold unconditional love in your consciousness, and you'll see it reflected in your reality. You just listened to the post titled, Understanding Human Relationships, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. As I mentioned briefly at the top of the show, make sure and check out Optimal Living Daily if you'd like to hear more of Steve's content being narrated to you for free. If you're interested in checking out OLD or any of the other shows in our network, simply search for Optimal Living Daily from wherever you're listening to this show or come by oldpodcast.com slash listen. And that's a wrap for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for listening and also for checking out our other shows. I hope you had a spooky Halloween on Tuesday and that it was warm wherever you were. We all had to bundle up in winter gear up here in Deup, aka Upper Michigan. Anyways, have an awesome rest of your day and I'll see you again tomorrow with a post from FamilyOptimize.com where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily 
the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits. We'll be right back.